of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Well, hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for being with me today. It has been a while since I have done a podcast. December was uh, incredibly busy as usual. Um, I, I explain it to people this way. Uh, if you're a musician, often December, Christmas, holidays, Thanksgiving, um, the holiday times of the year are usually... One of the less busy times. Uh, in fact, a lot of people that I know that uh, play music full time struggle during those times. And, uh, you know, a lot of them that uh, I would call them the gigging community, uh, they have trouble booking gigs. Um, one exception, however, is if you are a pianist. <laughs> if you are a pianist, I would say probably a string player too, especially at Christmas. Um, if you're a pianist, you tend to get booked for several gigs, especially at Christmas. It is just uh, people want pianists. Um, a lot of private party uh, parties. I play for a <laughs> a grocery store in the Lubbock area uh, quite often during the Christmas holidays. Um, it's a, a very nice grocery store. They bring in a grand piano and uh, there are several pianists. They hire us to come in and play while people are shopping. Uh, but I also play for some Christmas parties and uh, some church gigs and stuff like that. And so it, it was a very uh, busy time as usual. And then that mixed in with my work life. And uh, it, it's just been a while since I've uh, done a podcast. So I apologize. I'm trying to uh, do one at least once a month. Um, I've backed off since completing the Psalm Project. Um, I, and I'm getting back into writing and, and um, we'll be com doing some more composing coming up. Um, but, you know, I've taken a break from a, from a lot of that for a little while. And so I'm back at it today, um, giving you a podcast. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, I, I'm very excited about this topic. It's one that I've probably mentioned in passing several times um, in several of my episodes um, and this is something as a worship leader, discussions about the balance between preparation and spontaneity often arise. I mean, it's just inevitable. I'll hear um, those discussions, I'll discuss with people, and I often hear arguments for spontaneity over preparation, usually because it feels better or it's cooler or it's less rigid, something like that. Um, now, admittedly, um, as much as I love historic liturgy, I attend a charismatic church, and I think my seminary studies for my doctorate kind of uh, shifted my mind's mindset in a lot of ways. Um, my theology actually narrowed quite a bit, um, but my ability to work and minister with uh, people of other traditions uh, grew, it broadened, and so... Um, there were a lot of things that years ago uh, would have been more important to me, uh, to the point where I would probably feel like I could not worship with this, these people or couldn't serve with them, and that is no longer the case. And um, uh, so it, I think every church I've been a part of, there's been 
something that perhaps I disagreed with. And, and I think that's probably many people's um, experience. It's, there, there's, you're not going to agree with everybody. Um, and, you know, as long as there's not a heretical uh, somebody's denying that Jesus is the Son of God, something like that, then you have to make a decision. Make it. Make a decision. How far can you take it? And if you can be okay with some of those secondary issues, then more power to you. And uh, my church is a wonderful church. I love my church, and uh, I love being able to worship with the people. It, it's a good fit for me. It's a family. Um, uh, I say that because I attend a charismatic church and often in, I would say, not just charismatic circles, but even free church uh, Protestant circles, uh, Baptists, for example, or non-denominational that might be leaning Baptist doctrinally. Um, usually in these discussions, people tend to prefer spontaneity. And, and they think, well, if if a spontaneous moment happened, well, happens, well, that is the move of the Holy Spirit, as if the other moments are not the move of the Holy Spirit. So the problem arises when the Holy Spirit is solely linked to spontaneity, but God the Spirit commonly uses planning, especially in matters related to Christian worship. And so my response here is that's what this podcast is. That's what this episode is. It's about the Holy Spirit's work in preparation. And so without quenching the possibility of spontaneity and it's good, which it, it is good, my aim today is to argue for the good in how God uses preparation. So this is very much a Christian worship related topic, not just a cultural or theological topic, but uh, very much a Christian worship-related topic. And so I have a few things I want to cover. And first of all, that is spontaneous, uh, spontaneity has no corner on the Holy Spirit. Okay, hear me on that. Spontaneity does not have a corner on the Holy Spirit. Often believers make the mistake of synonymizing spontaneity and the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit can only be spontaneous. This idea is derived perhaps from the seeming chaos of Pentecost. And I say seeming chaos because the Acts account doesn't seem to suggest chaos, but passion. God had Pentecost planned from before time began. And so even Pentecost was not spontaneous. Passion and emotion is not founded upon spontaneity, but upon the move of God. And so when Christians worship, spontaneity should not necessarily be the goal. I've been in situations before where I felt like that was the goal. That was what people were trying to accomplish, and almost like they were trying to manufacture some move of God. And I even contend that fruitful and thorough preparation should be a goal with, with flexibility for spontaneity as God leads. Although I would also argue that such leadership perhaps doesn't occur as much as churches attempt to face. Again, um, they, they try to force it. It's like a manufactured move of God. No matter the tradition in the church, no matter what tradition you come from, careful preparation has proven to be beneficial to the church throughout the centuries, and it really shouldn't cease to be so. So those in worship leadership should not limit the Holy Spirit's work to spontaneous actions, 
but should expect him to work through organization because certainly God can and does use the planning of his people equally as much as spontaneity, if not more. So spontaneity does not have a corner on the Holy Spirit. Secondly, God's work is ordered. All of God's work is ordered. Throughout Scripture, we see this. The Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And then in Jeremiah 10, 12. It is he who made the earth by his wisdom, by his understanding. In other words, it was not random. God is ordered. The orderly fashion of God is evident in the Bible. And so Christians should model worship after the God who is the subject, the one who works, and the object, the one for whom work is completed. He is the subject and the object of the faith. And Christians should model worship after God. He is the model for the Christian life and for worship. And so uh, believers need to, to bear in mind that while an action might seem spontaneous to us, it is always planned and ordered to God. Always. In Proverbs 16.9, very familiar passage of scripture that says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You think about Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac. Uh, is it possible that God did not know an animal sacrifice would be provided and that a Abraham would indeed have to kill his own son? Absolutely not. So while to Abraham, his obedience could have seemed random or unordered, the act was pointed and meticulous, uh, meticulous to and by God himself. It, nothing from, from God is random. He always knows what he's doing. It is always planned. It might seem random to us, uh, and that's where we come in to be obedient because God knows what he's doing. We need to trust him. And so in Christian worship, preparation should be the rule, not the exception. And while, while spontaneous moments surely occur in God-honoring worship, I've seen it many times, most people have, if they've been in the church any length of time, but my contention is that they are rarer than perhaps realized. And as the gap between so-called high and low church worship has narrowed over the past decades, it has become clearer that planning yields many advantages. But God still uses the preparation of his saints. So God's work is ordered, and he should be the model by which God's people um, live their lives and by which they plan their worship. So my third point, the biblical model reveals the good in formulating plans while being aware of God's constant guidance. You see, Scripture testifies to a model that is orderly, but simultaneously relies on a keen awareness of God's presence and guidance. Consider Paul's missionary journeys. They were planned, they were pointed, they were purposeful and ordered, but God often changed Paul's plans throughout his life. and uh, For example, shipwrecks, prison, even death. Paul was martyred for his faith. I, I'm sure that dying and being martyred was not Paul's original plan. 
Uh, he eventually knew it was coming, and he followed the leadership of God. But in Acts 16, Paul plans to preach the gospel uh, in Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus, it says, would not allow them to do so. So Paul was given a vision to preach the gospel in Macedonia. His, Paul, his plans changed. He planned, uh, probably very meticulously, to go to one place to preach the gospel. And it says the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. And there are times where this happens, where we make plans and God changes those plans. I've had it happen in my life. I've had it happen while leading worship before. And that does not mean that the planning was bad. That is not what that means. In fact, God, his purpose may have been for me to plan those worship services in one manner and changed it in the middle of the worship service. That that was probably God's plan and, and, and for whatever reason wanted to do that and maybe teach me something in my own life, uh, teach the people that I was leading. So while Paul prepared and planned, God had other plans. Mindful of the fact that God's plans are not random, but they are predetermined to humankind, his plans could certainly come at unexpected times and cause preparations to shift. And this was the case for Paul. But this shift doesn't imply the norm, but rather a miraculous occurrence. And throughout Scripture, God's people make plans and preparations, but are often led in unexpected directions. You think about Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. <laughs> That's very vague. Where do I go? And there are times where God does that. And it's not as if God doesn't know what he's doing. He knows absolutely what he's doing. We need to trust him in those moments. But these actions don't negate the importance of formulating plans. In Christian worship, preparation should be the norm and the way the Holy Spirit works. But believers, particularly those in leadership, should be ready to follow God's leadership when he seemingly changes, at least in our minds, those plans. Scripture points to a God who is ordered and prepared and expects his people also to be so, while also remaining flexible and in tune with the Holy Spirit's leadership in such a manner that seemingly unexpected nudges become shifts in our already made plans. And in these cases, believers shouldn't be rigid or timid, but should trust that because God is leading, he is also providing. In other words, God equips his people where he calls them. But God's people should never dismiss the importance of preparation according to Scripture. So, when I'm talking about preparation and the Holy Spirit's work in preparation, I want to close with this. Liturgy, and I'm going to sort of use it synonymously with preparation, liturgy is the historic pattern of the New Testament church. So regarding worship, liturgy has been the pattern of the New Testament church, including in the time of the apostles. There are documents such as the Didache, which reference this fact and which offer very specific regulations for the church to follow in patterns of worship. So order and preparation was vital to the New Testament church and has been important, an important part of the church for centuries throughout church history. And so while many have taken uh, preparation to an unbalanced extreme, we have seen those people in our lifetimes, we've seen them throughout church history. 
You can take it to an unbalanced extreme. Nonetheless, the rule has been that preparation yields good for God's people. Worship is the most important act the church accomplishes. In fact, all missional activity exists because worship does not. So worship should be treated with utmost priority. There are those that would say, no, missions, evangelism, that's the most important thing we do. No, worship, period, end of story. That is the most important thing the church does. And the only reason these other endeavors exist is because worship does not. Think about this. People offer careful preparation to other activities of life. For example, legal matters. If you're going to appear before a judge... You would be very prepared. Well, I hope you would. Uh, Marriages, marriage ceremonies, athletics, academics. How much would you prepare if you're about to defend your PhD dissertation? (laughs) You'd be very prepared. Again, at least I hope you would. So why then would God's people choose to approach God with less than careful provision without fully advocating for only utilizing historic liturgy. That's not where I'm going here. The point is that preparation is good, it is godly, and it's necessary in Christian worship. And so today I I intend to advocate for the good in preparation and the Holy Spirit's work in preparation. Preparation has been vital to Christian worship for centuries. It is still vital, and I would even say in contexts where you might not consider it, in charismatic circles. Uh, I mentioned earlier the gap between high church and low church. It's sort of narrowed over the past few decades. It's not as wide of a gap. Um, but you see even in the what you would call low church settings, um, you, you see a lot of preparation, particularly in larger churches. And there's nothing wrong with that. Stay flexible. Prepare. Prepare diligently. But be flexible for the Holy Spirit's leadership. And keep in mind that even though it might seem random to us, it might seem spontaneous, it is not spontaneous to God. He knows exactly what he's doing. And and then keep this in mind that even though we prepare for Christian worship, even though we make plans That does not mean the Holy Spirit does not lead us in those plans. Pray over those matters. And when the Holy Spirit leads you in a plan, make that plan. There's nothing wrong with that. And that is just as much the Holy Spirit's work as if it is spontaneous. And so I hope this has been beneficial for you as you think about these issues related to Christian worship. Um, Life is worship. Everything we do in life, in the Christian life, is about worship. And so, uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.